My work raises more questions than provides answers, and that's one, only one, of the duties of an artist, to leave them in a perpetual state of wonder. I've written with just a number of different people. I wrote with Van Dyke Parks more than anyone else. He's my favorite collaborator. Initially, we wanted to do an album called Smile, but we don't work as much anymore. I tell you, I can remember, you know, when I was like nine, some, a great pianist came over to hear me improvise. I can remember the chill that I received knowing that I was a messenger of something phenomenal. And my uh, extemporaneous ability, I could play, you know, like in the, uh, a theme in the style of Chopin or Bach or something, you know, and I was having fun as a musician early in life. One brother played the baritone, another brother French horn, another brother the cornet, and I played the clarinet. So I, I got off light. I was the youngest of four boys. We were all musical and we all played and we played together in perfect harmony. My dad had had a dance band. Music was in the blood. No cast in motion picture history surpasses the cast of The Swan, topped by gorgeous Grace Kelly. I was 12 and I was featured as an actor in a movie, a, a fantastic opportunity to see California. And, uh, and um, I just fell in love with the place right away. Mother, aren't you going to dress today? I'm looking for a pencil. And what exactly did I find going on here? Oh, I, I was just teaching the highnesses some elementary statics and dynamics. A game the peasant children play, I believe. Oh, the professor's an absolute fizzer at it. Show mother, Professor. George. Professor. So I, I one school really influenced me. That was a boy choir experience. But then when my voice changed, so did my chances. <laughs> and I lost all chances because I can't sing. I spent a, a, a career trying to put records with my voice on them so that I simply had the opportunity to develop a studio experience. That's what interested me. I became indispensable as a pianist because those guys didn't want to be caught dead in the background playing, you know, facing a wall behind the, the front line and, and the women that addressed it. So I was playing piano. When Bob Dylan, 1963, Bob Dylan came in and started playing steel string, I was interested in piccato, nylon strings and so forth. And uh, I decided that I knew that the, my, my time was up as a guitarist. Everybody was going to go steel string. So, I mean, I knew some things about guitar and I could play real well. And uh, I was, a matter of fact, I was hired to play at uh, one point by a group. I went to Boston to back up a folk group. And they made $9,000 a night. And that was in 1963 and four. Uh, and the folk music revival. And I had great ability as a, as a guitarist because I worked hard. And that's what changed my life. That's when I decided I would leave academia forever. 
and pay my way in California. And if these people thought I was competent, it's possible. Sail to right to right 
Virginia City after a show in Reno and Reno, Nevada I was making a lot of money, thousands yeah. of dollars a week playing guitar, not singing, and playing guitar. I went down to Virginia City, which is an almost alive ghost town. And in the saloon on a day off was a group called the Charlottes. 
and they were in a cloud of smoke. I came down from this nightclub in Reno to this little ghost town, and in there, these guys all dressed as cowboys. I walked in the saloon doors, and these guys looked at us from their cloud of smoke, and I could just see them murmur, New York City, because I looked like a little kid, yeah, yeah. and I was a clean-cut kid. Yeah. And I came on and I sang that song that I made up, High Coin, mm. and they, they loved it.
I was working for a group called Paul Revere and the Raiders. They were trying to be the Beatles, but they weren't. At any rate, um, so we were Paul Revere and the Raiders, who? Me and some other people of greater importance and influence and Terry Melcher's uh, general OEO of, of characters who came in to provide the notes. could have been a bird. But you see, I was embarrassed by the fanaticism, truly. I mean, I was revolted by it. A girl screaming. Whatever nobody else wanted to do was what I would do. And uh, so I went from playing guitar and a serviceable guitar I played constantly in coffee houses up and down the coast of California. And uh, staccato, this nylon string style. Rasqueados, stuff, Mexican boleros, all kinds of romantic European music in the coffee houses to kind of like edge up against the Marxism and soften things up a little bit. One night, Dave Crosby saw us in a coffee house, and me and my brother with a bass player, and he turned to his friend. <laughs> And he said, if, if they can get away with it, so can we. <laughs> oh, how is it that I could come out to here And be still floating And never hit bottom and keep falling through Just relaxed and paying attention All my two-dimensional boundaries were gone I had lost to them badly I got to play, and they had no clear, and I thought, well, I'll get in the way, I'm scared to death, what do I do? The guy said, can you play, uh, Terry Melcher, can you play the B3? I said, of course I can play the B3. No idea. Just be quiet and feel it around you. Well, the birds' use of jazz wasn't something new to me. I was in the Mothers of Invention before the birds were formed. Uh, I only lasted three months. They were just too high. I couldn't even eat around these people. But um, 
Frank Zappa used to call me Pinocchio. I don't know what that meant, but I get the picture. He had a nickname for everybody. I did spend some time, if you study the, the scant information that's left of my synthesizer days, it's like in 64, 65, then I, when I was one of four people in Los Angeles who had a Moog, and we started out with, with what I had left when I was in conservatory, white noise, pink noise, noise, static, reduced in academia to non-melodic, ametrical, musical severities, post-industrial depression, beyond the age of anxiety, black and white information, sometimes gray or striated, but not memorable. Not memorable because there was nothing to hang on to that was really expositionary, which is what a melody offers. So I turned to the simplicity. You might think I'm very simple. I turned to the simplicities of melody because I feel that is something that I could hang my modest gifts on. That's and then I would make some use of that. I had an opportunity to be called a ranger on the Bare Necessities, which was in The Jungle Book, and that was a Disney picture, and that was my first job as an arranger in the union. I got money, and that was how I got to my brother's funeral with the money I got from that. I got a black suit and a two-way ticket to my brother, elder brother's funeral. Thank God. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. I met him at Terry Melcher's house in 1965. He and I talked for a couple hours and I said, you know, I've never met anybody like you who is so good with words, you know. I said, by any chance do you have a lyrical ability? And he says, well, yeah, I, I can write lyrics. I said, well, do you want to get together and see what we can do? What I remember is the first thing we did was, was Heroes and Villains. Oh, my God. Whole yeah. bunch of notes. In the key of C sharp. That was one of the highlights of my life, that song. That, w that scared the hell out of me. I mean, just as, in terms of words, I, as I recall it, we got lucky. We got some wind at our back. We <laughs> sat there one day, and we knocked that thing to the, we knocked it to the ground. I've been in this town.
unafraid of what a doodle do in a town full of heroes and a It was simple, straightforward, uncomplicated, collaborative heaven. She belongs to done with Brian Wilson is, uh, you know, basically the loudest thing that I've done, the biggest acclamation, the most famous. And that was a wonderful project because I chased the musical syllables that Brian Wilson created and I followed his music to the T with the devotion of a dog. And that's what it takes to do good work. It's timely hello Welcomes the time for a change Lost and found you still remain there I needed to do something good and he did for entirely uh, uh, differing reasons I'm sure he probably had to escape the tyranny of his incredible output, and I probably had to escape the tyranny of my not only neglected output, but input. So, you know, we, but it was tyrannical. And uh, some, we both felt compelled to try to do our best. And so there was no question that we had that, the understanding, the trust, that I think that anything, any act of, um, you know, common zeal should be, you know, it should, should feel. And uh, that is that sense of trust. wasn't close enough to the other guys. I was in a position of defending my lyrics. It went from uh, Ding Woody Pearl, Hang Ten, I mean, I didn't know that language, to uh, uh, like columnated ruins domino. Mike Love said to me one day, he said, explain this over and over, the crow cries uncover the cornfield. 
and it was an American Gothic trip that Brian and I were working on. I said, I don't know what these lyrics are all about. They're unimportant. Throw them away. And so they did. Have you seen the Grand Americana is, but I know uh, when I was at Carnegie Tech, Aaron Copeland came by to a class and one person, I'm not sure who it was, asked him, what is American music? And he said, well, American music is music that was written in America. The reason I did the record was to placate Warner Brothers. I wanted to be a, a record producer and arranger. And I signed an artist contract so that I could have that opportunity. Not for any other reason. I had no idea what a record should do or should not do. And I still don't.
inadvertently, it was it, it ended up being called a concept record, and nobody'd used that word before song cycle. They called it a concept record. I guess that was to try to give it some stature that it didn't really have because I've maintained since then I made every mistake that could be made in doing an album. I didn't realize I'd have an audience. That was something beyond my comprehension. I didn't think anybody would listen to it. I didn't didn't even consider the importance of of trying to be clear and and project. Instead I I investigated myself, my own dilemmas, and tried to uh, somehow molt from my uh, psychological distress. The All Golden is a, a really my favorite piece from my first record. Uh, it's, a, it's a song of protest. It protests war. 
It celebrates the South, and that wasn't fashionable. When I wrote it, I was born in Mississippi, and I somehow wanted to make it plain that I had no apology for the place that I loved as a youth. And it reveals me as, I think, a real tree hugger, a person who's happy in the agrarian America that we leave behind, a handshake away from our industrial angst. She runneth the mill, garden variety, Alabama country fair. Left on Silver Lake, he keeps a small apartment on an oriental food store there. He returned from Alabama to see what he could see. I should think he'd fade away from the way that Bohemians often bear the frigid air. He returned from Alabama to see what he could see. Poets of, the, of that folk era were, were highly considered. You, uh, even Phil Oakes, for whom I later uh, produced a record, a protest singer, he was called, uh, wrote some very fine songs. One of them, I remember Universal Soldier became a hit, a popular hit. Uh, kids were dancing to this stuff that basically said, enough with the blood and gore, enough of the war. I like one 
television, talk on the telephone. In every town I wander, there's a billboard on a throne. Ticket home, I want a ticket home. Ticket home, I want a ticket home. Does anybody know my name or recognize my face? I must have come from somewhere, but I can't recall the place. They dropped me at the matinee, they left without a trace. to uh, Trinidadian music. Right, That's yeah. all I was listening to. That was my community. There's music in the streets. There's music everywhere. A little old soul beat. There's dancing everywhere. Tell the whole world Tell them if I could To add a little song Into each life It's finger snapping good
I did a record called Clang of the Yankee Reaper. Actually, the, it comes from a poem title called Clang of the Yankee Reaper on Salisbury Plain. Well, that was written by a great grand uncle of mine. He was in London to sell American International Harvester to the Earl of Pembroke. I went with Ian Rolfini, the head of Warner Brothers. He lent me his limousine. All of a sudden, I'm riding down to the Salisbury Plain. I get to Hanging Langford in the rain, which was occasionally horizontal, a beautiful spring day, lilies and so forth, but very, very rustic weather out there in the country. And we met the grandson of that Earl of Pembroke. And so I was so incredibly impressed that I went and did a record called Clang of the Yankee Reaper. The sun never set on the empire Prince Albert came in a camp If you expire before you retire And finish an also ram It's fun time to drink tea from China Do drop a line, let me know I am fine Sun! Like I said, the 
There was a time when people would put a record on and have a half an hour to pay attention to something, and what that would do would be a uh, would offer a through line, an exposition, something that would start at A and hit every base and end up at Z. Tokyo Rose was a short story. Mm-hmm. Now that's allowed in literature even today. They're called novellas. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut put out a book called Hocus Pocus about the same time, uh, probably with the same dismal sales results. Uh, because Tokyo Rose, the album I did, sank without a trace. In sight of the lights of Rapongi, the nightlife of Tokyo goes. And out on the street, with a beat from Tahiti, a neon moon lollipop glows. A woman in silk and pajamas is seen on the screen of a door She slips on a rice paper dress by Dior Lest the price of the ice on her clothes The girl I call Tokyo Rose Tokyo Rose is blue Tokyo Rose is true What the night says be mine to do We're in Tokyo time When that moon turns lime And the sky is a lavender brew She trips through Door for hot sake Unzips as her hips hit the floor Her pearls were strung in the harbor below In a bar where I asked her for more record contract when that appeared. What happened was that I was asked to do a concert for the North Carolina Symphony. Mm. So when just instead of doing, I just agonized. And one night I went out of the, my parents' cabin up in the Smoky Mountains. And there in the mist was a, a, a in the torchlight was a fox looking at me. Right. And I thought, this is great. 
this is the forest, this is the trees, this is where I'll find the project. I got the call from the symphony, right. North Carolina, I thought, make it for children, interest them yeah. in orchestral combinations. So the whole thing was actually thrust on me to see. As the relationship matured beyond Smile, years later, uh, we've 1995, we did another record called um, Orange Crate Art. I wanted Brian to be the singer on that album. I had an album obligation at Warner Brothers, and I just it just occurred to me if there was ever anybody who could sh should sing the word orange, it would be Brian Wilson. Orange Crate. Art was a place to start. Orange Crate Art was a world apart. 
I'm so happy that I got an opportunity to work for Sam Phillips on on um, a song called Wasting My Time. I used three cellos. The same guy, he started with one part and then he put on the other. And to her guitar and voice, well, she took off the guitar. And what remains is a singer with three, three cellos. Mm-hmm. And I must say, this was an example of a brevity and levity, um, irony, and and good thinking about the economy that an arrangement can bring, and in so doing, uh, uh, elevate the singer. I'm wasting my time, wasting my time. I've been wasting my time. I'm wasting my time, wasting my time I've been wasting my time My soul's a worn-out road where you've left A trail of reminders The sky forgets, turns black with pain But the rain remembers your face And the streets know your name time wasting my time I've been wasting my time 
I'm wasting my time, wasting my time. I've been wasting my time. She read his palm, his heart, and his head were on the same lifeline. I held one hand behind my back, but the rain remembers your face and the streets know. Wasting my time, I've been wasting my time. I'm wasting my time, wasting my time. I've been wasting my time. When it took him like a vow in the dark, the future fell off me. This pain is all I I've been wasting my time. I'm wasting my time, wasting my time. I've been wasting my time, wasting my time. I've been wasting my time, wasting my time. in Lucky Old Son, his, his great record, uh, his love affair with Los Angeles, able to write poetry which fused the songs together to talk about the place, that place called Southern California, gave, giving Brian his imprint on SoCal, that culture that we both shared and loved. Punks drunk with oil danced like prehistoric locusts on the hills to LAX. People fill their tanks in flights of fancy. Actors waiting tables with a method they can't share. 
waiting for what's next, waiting for the big screen in disrepair. I mean, despair. I mean, that actor standing there. Are we not all actors and the whole wide world our stage? Nah, some are worthy writers with the grit to hit the page. To be or not to be, now just part of the heartbeat in L.A. There is an authority in success. F. Scott Fitzgerald noted that there is an authority in failure. And if I've learned anything at this point, at 75 and counting, it's that I know that I don't know. And I think that that's very important.
I still think that my best work is ahead of me. I mean, I must believe that. And everybody should, I think, hold to that. To stay more interested than attempt to be interesting. And I think that what defines me is nothing of myself, but what has surrounded me that I want to reveal. <laughs> 